Welcome to Beyond the Show, the podcast home of all things Cannabis Conference. My name is Eric Sandy, and I'm the digital editor of the Cannabis Group at GIE Media. We are little more than two weeks out from the show this year, and I can assure you that excitement is in the air here at Beyond the Show World Headquarters. We are putting the finishing touches on our three-day lineup of top-notch educational sessions, and we're conferring with more than 90 speakers who will be delivering that education out in Vegas. It's going to be a good time, and we're thrilled to host all of you. This is the crowning event of the year for us at Cannabis Business Times, where the pages of the magazine come to life and the industry gathers for a sense of communion and optimism about the uncertain future ahead. Check out CannabisConference.com for more specific details. And while I'm thinking of it, let me make a note that the Cannabis Leadership Award winners have been announced. We introduced the CLAs last year with a special event at Cannabis Conference, and we're eager to honor the 2022 recipients. You can read up on the five CLA winners at CannabisBusinessTimes.com. On the show this week, we've got Anand Deckney, Associate Professor of Plant Breeding and Biotechnology at the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. Anand received a PhD in Horticulture Sciences from the University of Florida, which was followed by postdoctoral research at UF. He was assistant and associate professor at the University of Wyoming before joining the Maryland Eastern Shore faculty. Anand has worked on wine and table grape improvement using techniques in breeding and biotechnology for the past 17 years. His current research focuses on identification of genetic elements and genes of interest from the grapevine genome for improving traits using genome editing. In this interview, we got into his entrance into the cannabis field and how that wonderful plant might relate back to grapes. At Cannabis Conference 2022, Anand will be speaking on the panel how hop-latent viroid is affecting the future of cannabis plant health and ways to control it. So please enjoy my conversation with Anand Deckney. Hello, Anand, and welcome to the podcast. Very glad to have you on the show this week and to have a chance to dig into hop-latent viroid just a bit. Of course, that's what you'll be discussing at Cannabis Conference in just a few weeks. And it's been uh, it's been an interesting subject for us to write about over the years in the pages of Cannabis Business Times. Um, before getting into your own background and some of the more specific questions, I figured maybe a good place to start might just be defining hop latent viroid. Could you sort of set the stage for us in terms of uh, of what this viroid is and what it means for cannabis growers? Sure. So what I'd like to do is uh, I'd like to give you like a brief overview of uh, of plant viruses in, in cannabis and then kind of, so uh, then jump into the, the hop latent viroid. So uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, the, the audience can kind of get an understanding of, you know, the difference between viruses and viroids and uh, you know, the, the general effect on plants. Uh, and so uh, basically, uh, you know, cannabis, just like uh, a lot of other uh, plant species that are uh, asexually or clonally propagated, uh, you know, are affected by uh, a lot of viral pathogens. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> we've been working uh, mainly on industrial hemp uh, at the university, uh, which is from the same family and the same species as, uh, as medical cannabis uh, 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 except for some some uh, legal differences in the in the THC levels, uh, and so uh, a key point to uh, keep in mind is the same viruses that affect medical cannabis plants they also affect uh, industrial hemp plants because they're like I said they're one and the same species, uh, and so uh, viruses uh, they uh, are mainly 
are transmitted by uh, a either uh, infected planting material. Uh, and so uh, most of the cannabis propagation happens asexually or vegetatively or uh, through the process of producing clones by cuttings. Uh, and so if you have uh, an infected mom or a stock plant and you make cuttings from these stock plants, uh, essentially what happens is your infection from the mom is being transmitted to the, uh, to the propagation material. Uh, and so that's, uh, that's primarily how viruses uh, are transmitted. Uh, another important mode of uh, transmission for viruses is uh, through, the, through insect vectors. Uh, and just like we have insect vectors, uh, like mosquitoes that transmit uh, diseases to humans, uh, there are insects that will feed on an infected plant uh, and then they take up the virus and then they feed on a healthy plant. And uh, that's how uh, healthy plants get infected with, uh, with viruses. And so they, these are the two main modes of uh, transmission. There are other modes of transmission like mechanical means that happen on a smaller scale where if uh, you're using uh, pruners and you prune an infected plant, and then you go, go prune a healthy plant, then uh, they can be mechanically transmitted. Uh, and so primarily uh, the viruses, they need uh, some kind of uh, a mode of transmission to, to move from a healthy plant to an infected plant. Uh, so that being said, uh, cannabis is infected by a lot of viruses. The hoplatent viroid is one of the, the, the pathogens that has uh, gained importance, but uh, there is a lot of research uh, that is being currently carried out on the identification and characterization of, uh, of viruses in cannabis. And there are other viruses that are, are coming out in our own research. Uh, we have found, in addition to hoplatent viroid, uh, we have found uh, hemp and cannabis plants that are infected with the beet curly top virus. So this is another important virus that we are seeing. There are other viruses like the, the Arabis mosaic virus. Uh, the, uh, there is the, uh, the, the, the lettuce chlorotic uh, virus. Uh, there is the uh, Arabis streak mosaic virus, uh, the cucumber uh, mosaic virus. So there are, uh, as researchers, they uh, carry out uh, more investigations. They are finding out a lot of viral pathogens that are affecting cannabis. So coming to hoplatent viroid, it is basically uh, the main difference between a virus and a viroid is in the structure of the particle. And so viruses generally, uh, they have uh, uh, the nuclear, the, the genetic material is made of RNA or DNA and it is encapsulated in a coat protein. Uh, and uh, they also produce certain movement proteins that help them move across uh, the plant tissues. Uh, viroids, in contrast, the genetic material is primarily made of RNA and they do not have a coat protein. So basically it is a, it is a naked uh, piece of uh, RNA material. Uh, so that's, a, that's a, one of the diff a big difference between, between viroids and, and viruses. Uh, and essentially, uh, just like viruses, uh, uh, you know, what viroids do is they will, once they infect the plant, uh, you know, it, uh, the, the interesting thing about viruses is, is they can stay latent or hidden in plants for a long period of time before they can manifest themselves. And so those kind of plants, uh, you call them asymptomatic plants, where a plant appears to be healthy, but it is, it is carrying the virus or the viroid. Uh, and this is very common in, uh, in all asexually propagated plants. Uh, so my background, I've been working on wine and table grapes uh, for more than 15 years now. And uh, in vineyards, sometimes uh, you can see viruses, uh, the manifestation after eight to 10 years of planting. And so they can, they can stay uh, asymptomatic uh, for a long period of time. Uh, and then uh, once the conditions are favorable, you know, the plant is stressed or it is, is weakened by other factors that when, that's when they can get manifested. So typically the, uh, the, the problems with, with viruses and viroids is, uh, you know, of course, uh, the, 
loss in uh, in flower yield is that's the biggest problem you know but then your plants are stunted uh, you know plants can be brittle uh, you know their uh, the 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 biomass production compared to a healthy plant is it can go down by 50 to 75% uh, in extreme cases uh, uh, plants might be sterile where you know they don't produce any flowers uh, and so those are some of the general problems that uh, you see with viruses uh, including complicated viroid yeah I um, what is the process of, I guess, identifying this viroid in your crop and 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 identifying it to the exclusion of other possible culprits? Sure. So, uh, <clears throat> with with hop latent viroid and other viruses, the only way for identifying it in the plants is to uh, go in for certain testing processes. Uh, and again, uh, these uh, testing methods uh, they are done in whole plants. And uh, they're also done at the tissue culture stage, which I'll, I'll, I'll talk about uh, a little bit later. Uh, so primarily there are, there are different uh, uh, molecular uh, testing methods for, for detection of, of viruses and viroids, uh, depending on the, the genetic constitution, whether the virus is a DNA-based virus or an RNA-based virus, there are certain detection techniques. Uh, so uh, one of the common detection techniques is known as polymerase chain reaction. Uh, and again, you know, with, uh, with with uh, the the whole world uh, being uh, exposed to the COVID uh, you know uh, pandemic, you know the word RT PCR or PCR has become like really commonplace. You know, yeah, and, and this is exactly, and so this is uh, it's a really common technique for testing viruses, and it's basically the same techniques that are used for uh, you know testing uh, viruses and viroids in uh, in cannabis. You know. Uh, and so essentially uh, the methods are, are simple. It consists of, uh, uh, you know, isolating the nucleic acid material from the plant. Uh, so either the genomic DNA or the total RNA from the plant. Uh, and then uh, the polymerase chain reaction is basically a technique that uh, is used for amplification of uh, specific sequences of DNA uh, within the plant or within the virus. Uh, and so essentially what you do is you isolate the DNA, the total DNA from the plant and if that plant is infected with the virus, you would also expect the viral DNA sequences to be in that, that mixture of, uh, of the genomic DNA that you isolate. And so then you use uh, certain uh, pieces of DNA that are specific to the viral segments. They are known as primers. And so you use these primers and these primers will help you uh, amplify any sequences of viral DNA uh, if they are present in that, uh, that particular plant. And so that's, that's a technique called PCR. Uh, RT-PCR stands for uh, for reverse transcription PCR, and this is mainly used for uh, uh, viruses and viroids that are RNA-based, where uh, you isolate the total RNA from the plant, and then you use an enzyme called reverse transcriptase, which basically converts the RNA into its uh, complementary DNA, uh, and so and and that DNA is then amplified using the the polymerase chain reaction of the PCR technique, uh, and so these are these are really commonly used techniques for detection of, of viruses and viroids. Uh, there are other uh, serological or protein-based techniques uh, like ELISA, uh, enzyme-linked uh, immunosorbent assays, uh, where uh, you are detecting the virus uh, based on its binding, the binding of the protein to an antibody that is specific to that virus. Uh, and so this is another technique that is used. Uh, it, is, uh, it is slightly more cumbersome than the, the DNA RNA-based techniques, and so it is not as commonly used uh, but that is certainly uh, one of the techniques that can be used for testing. Okay. Um, given the, the different methods of transmission that you were mentioning earlier, let's say a, a grower 
is is testing whole plant material and and confirm the the, the presence of hot latent viroid in, in one or more plants. Uh, what do the remedies look like at that point? Do they need to to sort of clear the room, so to speak, or? Right. So, uh, so this is uh, you know I, I'd like to give an interesting analogy. Uh, you know, the cannabis industry is 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 uh, is very new compared to uh, you know other our other uh, industries where uh, crops are produced asexually or clonally. You know, uh, so for example, with uh, a lot of the fruit crops and the wine crops, uh, like you know grapes or hops, for example, which are in the same family uh, as as cannabis. Uh, and are asexually propagated. Uh, the strategy is to start clean and stay clean. And so this is this is the strategy that has been mandated by USDA, where uh, you know the the key to uh, eliminating or avoiding the presence of, of of viruses and viroids in your in your planting or in your cultivation is to avoid having them from the beginning. So typically. Uh, the solution for infected plant material, if you see pathogen, uh, viral pathogens or you see infected plant material, your only solution is to burn that plant material, to destroy it basically, so that you know, the, it, it, it does not transmit the pathogens to uh, you know, healthy plants in your cultivation. Now, that being said, there are techniques uh, that you can use to clean plant material of viruses. You can use techniques for elimination of plant viruses uh, or plant pathogens and then produce uh, healthy moms or healthy stock plants. Uh, and then you can use those stock plants for propagation to ensure that you stay clean throughout the cultivation process. But you've worked with, uh, with wine and table grapes for a long time, just in a, in a general sense or an academic sense, um, what's it been like taking on cannabis and, and hemp plants for, for study? I mean, what are some of the main differences that you've found or, or some of the surprises, I suppose, along the way? They, they do have common factors in the fact they're all asexually propagated using cuttings, you know, uh, using clones. Uh, and the other, uh, I would say the common thread that grapes would have with, with cannabis is like, you know, the presence of secondary metabolites like terpenes and other compounds that give the wine that you produce the aroma and the flavor. So there are some, you know, some, some common threads there. But that being said, uh, you know, it's interesting because, uh, uh, you know, hemp, so I am at the, the University of Maryland Eastern Shore uh, and here in Maryland, uh, hemp became uh, legal in 2019. Uh, and so when it became legal, you know, we uh, had very little information on the cultivation of this crop because, uh, you know, the crop was legalized under a pilot program from 2014 uh, and that too for specific states. Uh, and so there was, there was very little information uh, that was available on, on cultivation, that was available on pests, on diseases. And so this was, I would consider this as, a, you know, like a once in a lifetime opportunity where you get to work with a brand new plant, you know, where very little is known about it. Uh, and so our, our, our option was to, uh, we were operating under a pilot program where uh, we had to partner with growers uh, who wanted to grow hemp. Uh, and so we worked with a lot of growers uh, and uh, the first year was, uh, was basically scouting fields, is just looking at fields and uh, you know, seeing what the problems were and uh, trying to draw analogies with the uh, crops that we were experts at. Uh, and so, uh, you know, some of the, some of the, the insects or the diseases, uh, the fungal pathogens that we saw with hemp, uh, you know, they were the same pathogens that were, you know, affecting other crops like say soybean uh, that is also grown on the Eastern shore. You know. uh, but like I said, it is, you know, this was, this was something that was completely new. And uh, again, you know, as a, as a plant scientist, it was uh, really exciting to, to start with something where little was known about it. Yeah. 
Um, of course, uh, you'll be talking about hop latent viroid at the show in, in a few weeks. Um, but are there other uh, questions that you're trying to answer or things that you're studying with the cannabis plant lately? Well, so uh, one of the, uh, if, you, if you look at uh, hop latent viroid, uh, you know, there are two aspects here. One is the testing part, uh, you know, where you want to detect uh, if the virus is present or not, or the viroid is present or not, and other viruses, if they are present in your, in your stock plants or your moms. Now, the question is, uh, if they are present, then you have two choices. A, either you can, uh, you know, you've got to eliminate the infected plants, uh, or you have an option of, of cleaning this plant material. Uh, now, a lot of uh, cannabis strains are extremely valuable, uh, you know, and so you, the, the first option is not available. You cannot, there just isn't an option where you can destroy the stock material because then it's lost forever. And so this is where uh, we have uh, optimized technology uh, for uh, the elimination of viruses and the production of clean plants. And uh, a lot of my talk will be focused on, you know, how have we optimized these in vitro culture techniques or these tissue culture techniques uh, to produce uh, plants that are free of viruses, including the, the hoplite viroid. And so uh, a majority of my talk will be, uh, will be focused on the process of virus elimination and cleaning uh, and going through that process to produce clean plants using tissue culture. Excellent. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. And I think a lot of growers are going to find a lot of actionable advice from, from this session. Um, just in a general sense, uh, from Maryland out to the West Coast, do we have a sense of how widespread this viroid may be? Meaning if you're a, a, a grower in California or a grower in, um, in Ohio, indoor or outdoor, what sort of probability are we dealing with here that, that, vi that the viroid may, um, may materialize? So that, that's, a, that's an interesting question because uh, there have been surveys that have been done. Uh, of course, we know it's present in California. Uh, but there have been surveys that have also been done in Colorado, where, uh, you know, uh, hemp was legalized and they basically got a head start in hemp cultivation uh, from 2014. And so there was a lot of, uh, there were surveys done in, in Colorado where uh, they have detected a lot of uh, the hemp latent viroid in the field, the hop latent viroid in the field. And so we know that, uh, you know, it is, it is also present in, uh, in, in other states, uh, you know, growers in Maryland have also reported the presence of hop latent viroid. Uh, you know, one of the, the limitations has been the testing, uh, you know, and you can, you can look at the symptoms and, you know, you can have a virus and a viroid that might have similar symptoms or overlapping symptoms. And so that's where the testing becomes so important. You know, that is the key to where, uh, you know, you can say with, uh, with a definitive conclusion that, uh, yes, your uh, stock plants, you know, they have either hop latent viroid or they have another virus or uh, another pathogen, you know. Uh, and so it is. It is prevalent. Uh, I think what is what is needed badly is uh, is extensive testing. Uh, and uh, you know, in the beginning, we had few labs that were carrying out the testing process. But then now there there have been uh, you know other commercial labs that have come out with uh, with testing kits. And so as more testing happens, uh, you know, we will find out uh, you know what is the uh, you know what is the extent to which this 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 viroid is uh, is is prevalent in uh, in cultivation in different states. You know? Yeah. So let's say you're a grower and, and you don't have any symptoms and you don't suspect that the viroid is there, but you never know. Would it be helpful to just proactively send out some, some plant material just right away? And, and absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, that's one of the things we, when we talk to growers, we, uh, uh, 
you know the testing is is the key because when you uh, when you before before you even want to start propagating your material or cultivation you know the stock plants uh, or your genetic library that you that you have you know it is absolutely critical to test it for not just the hoplite and viride but you know all the available viruses that are out there for testing and so you know that is very crucial because you know if you want to follow the you know the 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 principle of uh, start clean and stay clean you know that's where the testing becomes so important and so uh, absolutely any grower uh, you know uh, whether they are starting out new and you know they uh, or they are already in cultivation you know it is always a really good idea to test and uh, you know that gives you a sense of confidence that the plant material that you're using is uh, is healthy and uh, uh, you know it is clean of all these viruses absolutely yeah. um well, I know we've talked a lot about testing and, and that may be the answer to this last question, but I've been asking everybody, you know, what are you hoping that cannabis conference attendees take away from your session and, and take back to their business after the show? Well, so there are, like I said, there are, you know, the talk, my talk will be like, uh, will be kind of uh, split into two areas. One is about, uh, you know, the prevalence of viruses and including hoplite and viroid and the testing process. But then an equally important uh, part of the talk will be, you know, now that you know it's a it's there or you want to prevent it, what do you do about it? Mm -hmm. And so this is where, uh, you know, using plant tissue culture uh, will be very important. And I'm going to be talking about, so I've been doing plant tissue culture for 22 years now. Uh, and uh, we've started hemp in 2019, but uh, I've worked on a lot of other uh, tropical and subtropical fruit crops, all of which are asexually propagated or clonally propagated and have a common problem with viruses and viroids. And so uh, I'll be talking about the science behind how the cleaning process takes place. You know, so uh, growers are aware that yes, you can use plant tissue culture, but what is the science behind it? You know, how exactly does the cleaning process take place? You know, what are the tissues that are used for the cleaning process? How are these tissues multiplied? Uh, and how do you get from a half a millimeter piece of a plant, which is the meristematic tissue, to whole plants which are healthy and free of the virus. And so what does that process entail? Uh, what are the steps involved in uh, the process of uh, uh, producing clean plants through tissue culture? That's, uh, would, that'll, that'll be a, a second part of the talk that I'm gonna focus on. And so I think a lot of growers are in, very interested in the technology, but when you explain the science behind the technology and actually how it is done, then uh, they have a greater understanding and that's when they are more amenable to adopting this technology. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like it's going to be great and, and very nice and in-depth, especially on, on a topic like this that's, that's so important for the audience out there. Um, so we're certainly looking forward to, to having you out at the show in a few weeks and, and can't wait to hear more about this. And in the meantime, you know, thanks so much for joining the show this week. Sure. Thank you. I'm excited to be there and, uh, you know, just uh, give information on, on what we've done so far in the past three years with the as far as the testing is concerned and the tissue culture process for, for producing clean plants. So uh, thank you for the opportunity and I'm looking forward to speaking with everyone in Las Vegas. And that's a wrap on another episode of Beyond the Show. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Anand Dekney from the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. I know I did. You know, Hoplate and Viroid has certainly captured our attention at Cannabis Business Times, and we've published a number of features on the Viroid and its impact on cannabis crops, particularly out in California, but as Anand said, uh, really anywhere else that cannabis is being grown, indoors or outdoors. Um, it's uh, It's been a very compelling topic and kind of an urgent one, too, and I think it's, uh, it's going to be a timely session to get into out in Las Vegas. 
Again, like I said at the top of the episode, we've got more than 90 speakers who are going to be joining us at Cannabis Conference 2022, talking about a wide spectrum of very timely issues for folks on the cultivation side, retail side, extraction, those who are looking to get into the space, uh, those on the legal side and regulatory side of the industry. There's really no shortage of issues to get into in cannabis. And so Cannabis Conference 2022 is the, the place to do so. If you haven't gotten your ticket yet, you should rush on over to CannabisConference.com and sign up. We're going to be very excited to, to see you out in Vegas. want to make sure you've got your seat reserved. CannabisConference.com is the place for all that. And sign up for the newsletter, too, if you haven't done so. We're going to be putting out a bit more information between now and the show. Again, it's just a little bit more than two weeks away. Very excited to have you all out in Vegas for our sixth annual Cannabis Conference. And it won't stop there. We've got plans for after the show, beyond the show, here on the podcast, in the pages of Cannabis Business Times, and much more. So stay tuned. <laughs>